0: let's ride the wave the summertime and the scott Bull season are here we take you through our strategy and our mock draft for the biggest event of the fantasy football year tonight here on the in-between fantasy football podcast because i've been in tune out of touch coming off the bench trying to shake the funk checking style lines, line see who's up that over under hit too clutch and i'm trying to avoid getting
1: Carried away with the jet suite, sleeping on a trick play. Predicting all of my moves like they've never every
2: So I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way. Thing to
0: say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they hadn't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it.
2: The in-between fantasy football podcast.
0: All right, all right, all right. It is June 13th, 2023, an electric evening at the In Between Fantasy Football podcast is underway. We are bringing you the good vibes as the season rolls on, as we continue to get closer and closer to those sweet, sweet drafts. I am Seth Woolcock. Tonight, I am joined by one of our guest co-hosts of the show. He's coming to us live from an attic in Texas. He's our sneaky link. Guys, give it up for Eric Romoff. What's up,
1: Eric? What's going on, guys? If Texas isn't hot enough already, cram yourself into an attic, and it is maybe the hottest place on the face of the earth. That's why we love you, Eric. You
0: make everything steamy and hot on this program. We appreciate you being here, man. Also joining us tonight, guys, is a man who is an employee at Disney World. He makes sure when you go there, you're having an excellent time. He's also a father of three and a fantasy football analyst at Fantasy and Frames, among very, very much so many more things here in the fantasy (laughs) football industry. What's up, Zach Berger? How you doing tonight, man?
2: I'm doing great. I am not in an attic. It's more of a loft and it's air conditioned. I'm in the hot Florida, but uh, I'm doing it right with air conditioning. So I'm sorry, Eric. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All all good here, man. All good here. Tonight on the program, I'm super excited to have both you gentlemen for our Scott Fishbowl mock draft and strategy discussion. We're also going to talk about some good news going around the sports world and just the world in general later on tonight in the show. I want to welcome in Kyle Scott, our audio producer in the back end. What's up, Jim? How are we sounding tonight for you, bud?
1: What's up, guys? We're sounding fantastic as always. Can't wait. It's going to be a great episode.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We appreciate you, Kyle. I also appreciate the IBT family in the chat. They are stacking it already. Got Scott Reinier in the chat saying good evening, friends, on his off week as well. We appreciate you, Scott We got Andrew in the chat saying hello there. Hey, Andrew, thanks for making us part of your evening, man. We got Rachel. Good evening. Good evening to you, Rachel. We got Royal Slate, of course, coming over from the 19th hole. Evening all. Evening to you, Royal. Appreciate you, man. Albert as well. Good evening, IBT. Good evening to you, Albert. Griff in the chat. He's ready for some mocking, saying good evening, everyone, as well. We got Gator saying, What up, guy? What up, Gator? I did a mock draft with you the other day, man. Excited to do another one here. We got Dick Sickles in the chat. And of course, Steven Johnson and Fantasy Sven as well. We appreciate you guys so, so much for tuning into the channel. If you guys enjoy this type of content, give us a little bit of a thumbs up action here. And if you're new, subscribe, come back, hang out with the fam. We got so much good content coming for you right now. We're talking fantasy every Tuesday night, 9.30 p.m. Of course, we have our PGA show that just starts off the night here on Tuesdays as well. And then our NASCAR program, the back road on Thursday nights. And so much more goodness in between. So thank you all for making us a part of your week. And let's jump right into the goodness with a little bit of temperature check on the Scott Fishbowl season.
2: Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy s-
0: All right, guys. So we might have some people in the chat or listening to the audio version here after the fact that might not know what the Scott Fishbowl is. So, Eric, if I could ask you, sum up the Scott Fishbowl in one word, one sentence. What do you have for us before I give the, the deeper explanation here?
1: Oh, wow. Um, I- I'm not uh, short with words either, so this is going to be a challenge. <laughs> Uh, Scott Fishbowl is the preeminent pro-am fantasy football tournament that raises a ton of money for kids to get toys at Christmas.
0: Absolutely. I think you nailed it right there on on the head, Eric. It brings together analysts, fans, celebrities, all in the name of charity. What charity, you may ask, that is Fantasy Cares, of course. They try to inspire other leagues to have a charity component of them and uh, also donate hundreds and thousands of dollars going towards Toys for Tots and other nonprofit foundations. So we're going to go ahead and put the donate link in the chat right now. If you guys have the ability to give or if you want to share it around with your network, an audience, please do so. It is greatly appreciated. Uh, we appreciate everything Scott Fish does for this community, this industry, and everyone out there. He tries to help. Uh, and this is one of those leagues, Zach, that we come together. It is for a bigger cause. But it's also one that makes your head spin from the moment you take your draft pick, the m- moment you sign up for that division, uh, because it is such an interesting league. So uh, what is your favorite? Is there one thing in particular about the Scott Fishbowl uh, when it comes down to actual playing of the tournament that, that you like most, Zach?
2: Sure. I would say probably the, the best is the, the scoring and how I gonna call it unique because it's not so much as unique as it is balanced where Scott makes it so that any strategy can work or completely fail so it's a lot of fun like we're doing this mock tonight or just when you're in your real your real thing you have no idea what strategy people are going for because you hear super flex and you're like oh I'm gonna go QB early then you hear oh it's a really insane tight end premium okay I'm gonna go (laughs) tight end early okay now there's more carries involved so I'm gonna go running back so you have no idea what anybody else in your division is gonna do um, and that just makes it a whole lot of fun compared to some of your more vanilla leagues out there
0: yeah absolutely man i mean we've seen every type of strategy used in this thing and anything can win i think that's what we've learned over the years uh we got steven in the chat saying one word community i love that we also got kevin murray in the chat fancy football unlimited saying community as well so i think that's a great way to put it fellas we appreciate you guys and we have scott here asking how's the tiny human zach uh i know you're a new dad for what the third time here yeah number three all right. Well, congrats to you. How are you? Are you getting any sleep these days?
2: I, mean, I haven't slept since the first one was born. A full night of sleep. So <laughs> we're going on six and a half years. But no, she just turned three months uh, a couple days ago. She's actually super easy, super chill. Uh, she's probably my, the easiest of my three as babies. And and the other two, I mean, they're they're wonderful. I love them too. They're they're pains in the butt right now. It's just that age. Um, they're exciting too. They're a lot of fun. But yeah, no, it, it's great when I can when they put them to bed and I can just get some some one on one time with her and just hang out. Um, but yeah, no, she's doing well.
0: Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, let's get back into the scoring here. The, the rosters it's one quarterback, two running back, three wide receiver, a tight end, a super flex and three flex. And we were talking about this before the show. The one intricacy here is if you're playing on my, my fantasy league, one of the go old school platforms in this in this whole industry, uh, you're gonna have to not lock a kicker in. You don't have to lock a kicker into your lineup. You can play them in the flex if you prefer to. And kickers do score a shit ton of points, as Lindellians pointed out on Twitter to us last week as well in this new scoring. Uh, but if you're in, in sleeper Zach, it looks like you're shit out of luck. It looks like you're playing a kicker each and every week, huh?
2: Yeah, so last year, the scoring was a little different with kickers. Uh, Scott ran the numbers. It ended up being very balanced all year where there was really no um, favorite side of being forced to play a kicker or doing whatever you wanted to do. Um, however, I guess in the finals, which is a very small sample size, there was an edge of being able to play more kickers. So we'll see how it is this year now that um, an extra point is 3.3 points as opposed to one. So that's pretty significant, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes.
0: And we're also going to Kyle, if you can go ahead and put the scoring link into the chat as well, people can check that out. I don't want to have to go through the whole thing, but the gist of it guys is it is super flex. Your quarterbacks do matter, but less than they did in previous years, because the negative scoring is now out of Scott fishbowl. You were losing points for sacks for incompletions, and for turnovers at that positions. I mean, there are weeks I throw out a uh, uh, Jared Goff two years ago and he'd get me negative points. Big Ben in his final year, same type of thing. That's no longer an issue. However, we do get – rewarded for volume now in scott fishbowl so i think that's something to keep in mind here eric uh volume is king we're getting uh a quarter of a point for every carry we're getting a point per first down receiving or running uh as well you're going to get a full point for receptions now and tight ends double that baby extra point for first down and reception how do you feel about it eric
1: yeah i mean i i love the the thesis behind it right like volume is certainly the most easy to Project aspect of the entire game of fantasy football, right? So, now with this, you know, newly amended scoring system, should be able to get a pretty clear picture of how you think guys are going to score over the course of a given season. There's still some variance, right? Whether or not that carry goes for a touchdown or goes for a first down, things like that. But ultimately, you know, I, I think you can come out of your draft with a with a really good line of sight as to how you think your team will project where you're maybe weak and need to address that on the wire where you're stacked up. So it's, it's just, it's a, it's really cool to see him continue to innovate with this scoring system. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we will see future iterations, but it feels like this thing is very finely tuned in, in year 13.
0: And I think year 13, more than anything, it opens up the gate folks for us to play any way we want. We don't have to be pigeonholed into quarterbacks early, tight ends early. We have a lot of different strategies that we're going to be able to throw out tonight. Uh, Dick Sickles saying in the chat, he just read somewhere on Twitter that kicker 12 outscored wide receiver 40 in this scoring format. Yeah, those those top kickers, man, they're scoring upwards of 17 points per game in Scott Fishbowl scoring. That's Brett Maher of the Dallas Cowboys who scored that much last season. So something to keep in mind. Uh, We have a lot of great analysts and fans in the chat tonight and in the draft so let's go ahead and pull that up I want to introduce each and every one of them before we kick this off we got Steven Roto in the 101 slot Alex Mateo uh, another Pennsylvania guy out there in the 102 we got Dynasty Griff our own at IBT manning the 103 Zach that's Chalupa Batman in the 104 we got Sven in the 105 some more IBT fam the Tube, 106. My Girlfriend Katie Mess, 107. Fantasy Ladder Steve, another PA boy. Redding, baby. We appreciate you, Steve. We got Tootsie Pop Rachel in the 109. What's up, Rachel? Appreciate you being here. I'm in the 110. We got Dick Sickles in the 112. And Eric, you're holding down that illustrious pick 112. You're going to have three in the first 25 picks. So, um, guys, last question for you before we get into it here is there one thing that you're changing your strategy this year compared to last anything you're doing differently? Zach, you haven't made the playoffs it's been three years now, but, uh, what are you doing differently here in 20, uh, 2023?
2: Well, I've been the one Oh six last two years. So mixing it up this year, going to the one Oh four. And I picked that before we knew the scoring. I was just trying to get one of those top four quarterbacks. Now with the scoring, I'm looking at top three or Kelsey, um, I would not be shocked if Kelsey does not make it to me at 104, and he could even go 101 with the way we have scoring now. Um, but yeah, my strategy is just to to continue to be flexible, let the draft come to me, and hopefully this year I can finally make that that uh, the playoffs. <laughs> there we go,
0: there we go. <laughs> Eric. What about you, man? What do you have for us?
2: Uh, shout out to Zach
1: in the 104. My first year in SFB 11, I was in the 104, and I had that exact strategy. I either wanted Kelsey or one of the top three QBs. Yeah, um, Ended up with Mahomes, surprisingly enough. Um, and for for me, this will be my second year drafting from the turn, from the 12-hole. Um, I think the things that I'm going to change are twofold. I, I tried to take more of a volume approach at tight end, just get a bunch of guys that are kind of in that middle class and stack up that tight end premium in my, yeah. my flex spots as much as possible. That left me kind of limited on the upside um and I went way too thin with my with my quarterback room we were talking before the show basically had to wait for Justin Fields to come on had some injury with that yeah. Prescott and by the time this team was cooking I was in too, ha- too deep of a hole to dig yes, out of so gonna go a little bit deeper with my quarterback room this year as well
0: okay I think my one thing, and again, we're gonna put some more resources in the chat, Kyle. If you can unload those, we're gonna put Linda's kicker scoring. We're gonna put Scott Rainier of In Between Media. He put out a great piece that really showed how many points did everyone score using this scoring last season. Uh, and one thing, seeing that, I was pigeonholed. I, I wanted too many good quarterbacks early. I went QB, QB, and I felt like it left me uh, kind of struggling at times to, to play those flexes. So I'm going to try to go a little bit heavier on some skilled players, running backs. I think they have a lot of volume uh, at the top of the draft that I'll be looking for. So without further ado, guys, let's go ahead and get this mock draft started. Uh, Steven Roto at the 101. Let's see what Steven does here. Uh, Eric, it seems like Jalen Hurts is really moving me off the board here. That's where Steven goes as well. And then Mahomes uh what do you think of those first two picks anything out of the ordinary
1: no that feels pretty standard issue right mm-hmm. um at least in the mocks that i'm doing it feels like it's hurts and Allen as the consensus one two um, yeah. but obviously you can make a very strong case for mahomes to be uh in the top two as Allen round- rounds out the top three in our mock right
0: yeah Yep, Allen goes number three to Griff. And then, Zach, you jump on Travis Kelsey. If he's there at the 104, is it an auto smash for you?
2: Absolutely. So for those who don't know the scoring this year, it's basically a double tight end premium So with a first down premium. So if Kelsey catches a 10-yard first down reception, that's five points right there. He was second last year in receptions for all pass catchers, not just tight ends. He was number one for tight ends. Um, and I think he had, what, 40-ish more, 30-ish more? First downs, then number two, Mark Andrews. So he's, in my opinion, a cheat code in this uh, scoring format. Um, So I will risk it with my QBs coming back around, and I'll be set at Kelsey.
0: Love it. Love it. All right, some surprises off the board after that. Lamar Jackson going to Sven at the 105. What does Sven know? Russian quarterbacks are a premium here. Uh, Justin Jefferson at the 106 to Hoove. Joe Burrow, Katie 107. That's a great pick. If I'm at the 107, I get Burrow. I'm very happy with that. Justin Herbert off the board. The quarterbacks continue to come at 108. We're now with Rachel at the 109 here. Uh, anything out of the ordinary here for you yet, Eric? Uh, we got a couple position players: Jamar Chase now off the board at 109. Uh, I'm up here at 110. Justin Fields on the board as well as Trevor Lawrence. I think those are the top two QBs.
1: Yeah, I would I would tend to agree there. And so far, I I feel like we're we're kind of working down the ADP pretty cleanly, right? Um, you know, slight adjustment in uh, in in draft order. I'm I'm seeing yeah. Jefferson go a little bit closer to that 105 spot. Obviously went 106, um, but you know, really, I I feel like we're 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 kind of operating as as projected thus far, right? So uh, should be interesting to see. Usually, the back end of the draft is where things start to get a get a little yeah. bit more haywire. So curious to see you click this button and uh, and take us to the turn.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna stay packed with what I've been doing at 110 most of the time. I hope no one from uh, the Philly live draft is listening, but I'm gonna go Christian McCaffrey off the board here at the 110. Okay. This is a guy who like I said, running backs, man, they score a lot of points in this format. Christian McCaffrey scored the 10th most points per game, over 30 Scott Fishbowl points scored in this SFB 13 scoring. So he's coming off the board there at 110 to me. And then it's Justin Fields who I just passed up on. I'm sure Dick Sickles happy to get him at the 111. Now Eric, you're at the turn, man. I want to turn over the stage to you. What do you do here if you're sitting at the 12? You have a great quarterback option, a couple good running backs, and uh, some tight end and wide receiver options as well my friend
1: yeah so I find myself in a pretty similar hole here as I've gone through a few mock drafts um, first and foremost just for posterity's sake happy to draft Cooper Cup as my first overall pick as a first rounder obviously dealt with injury last year but led all wide receivers in points per game in terms of SFB scoring last year think he's in a great position wow. to make a similar effort this year and then on the way back around I'm kind of pigeonholed. I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. He is a fantastic option nonetheless, but the the spot that I find myself in is if I'm not coming out of this 12, 13 turn with at least one quarterback, things are looking real bleak at the position when that third round reversal hits. So even though I've got three in the top 25 uh, picks overall, if I, if I don't get at least one quarterback in the first two rounds, I'm getting some real thin value as my QB one. And that was my undoing last year.
0: All right, Eric's correcting the ship from what he did. Let's see what Dick Sickles does here, and this is why I really enjoy being towards the back end here of the first round because it does give us a lot of opportunity. I'm on the board right now at the 203, and I'm seeing a lot of names I like. I like Austin Eckler, I like Bijan Robinson, um, but also Dak Prescott st- staring me in the face, and Dak Prescott was very, very solid in the scoring last season. According to Scott's data, uh, Dak was overall player number 11. So I feel like getting him in the second round is a value. However, I want to try it out for the people. I want to go zero QB at the top here. I'm going to go with Austin Eckler. This is another guy who Austin Eckler, the overall player number nine in Scott fishbowl scoring last season, averaged more than McCaffrey, 31 points per game. So uh, I'm going to go running back, running back and see how it comes back to me. I'm going to take that risk that Eric did not want to take here. We have Dak Prescott, then going to Rachel. She was happy with that one as well. So uh, we'll see what happens here. Coming down to, to Steve, got some action in the chat here. Um, all right. Sven is ready for the third round reversal. <laughs> we got Scott Rainier Scott in the chat saying, biggest points per game bump for QBs with these settings, Dak Prescott. So yep. really nice pick from Rachel there. Maybe I'm regretting that just a little bit, but I guess we'll see how it plays out here. Bijan Robinson. Zach, can you make the case for Bijan over Eckler or Barkley here?
2: Uh, you can. I, I wouldn't, but <laughs> you could make the case. Yeah. Um... I'd rather have McCaffrey or Eckler. I actually think um, the wide receivers, I think they went to ADP, but I actually think that's kind of a mistake. And I think people should be valuing these volume running backs more earlier on, um, which is different from how we've been drafting in every other league but Scott Fishbowl. Um, so I think that's a change that I'd like to see some people start, start adjusting to um, as they kind of dig into the scoring.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you there, and I think the one thing to point out is like I, I don't think Cooper Cups will reach for you, Eric, because he was uh points per game the 18th player, but he was the best player. Like I think Justin Jefferson maybe in the first round is a little ballsy, and and same we have Hoove who I hope you guys are on YouTube and not just the audio version, but Hoove goes wide receiver, wide receiver that takes some balls, man, because. To me, C.D. Lamb. The issue I have with that pick there in the second round, C.D. Lamb was all the way down at player number fifty-one overall in this scoring last season. I don't see him taking a huge bump here. Uh, he's off the board. Tyree kills off the board. Jonathan Taylor, uh, Bijan Robinson, as well. Since last time we caught you guys up, so uh, I-, I totally understand that uh, that frustration or that you know that that fear there with the wide receiver, Zach. Uh, Scott saying, Seth, can you share some of that testosterone with that RBRB start, baby? Yeah, we got to get ballsy, yeah. man. Throw that nut sack <laughs> on the table. All right.
1: I, I think that's that's kind of the thing, though, right? Like, Zach, you, you, you laid it out. Most people are still accustomed to drafting wide receivers earlier, right? That's just yeah. kind of the rhythm that we're in over the last few years. And while this scoring format definitely – puts a premium on those high volume running backs. They're largely falling to where we see in kind of a typical scoring league, right? So for for me going cup and best QB available was more about confidence in the caliber of running back that will make their way back to me in the in the rounds to come.
0: Totally get it. Totally. I mean, great analysis there, I think overall, Eric. Um I understand completely why someone would want to dodge wide receivers, but um, you locking in cup there at at the one twelve understandable. Here we have Tua going off the board to Zach. Zach, talk about that pick a little bit. Tua, then Deshaun Watson, Mark Andrews, kind of in this late second round. What's the rationale with Tua over Deshaun and some other young quarterbacks?
2: Yeah, so I was looking at Tua and Deshaun. That's what I was deciding between. Um, I just felt like. Tua when he was healthy, which I know it's a risk with his concussions. I mean, he was insane last year. I think people forget how good he was. And I also felt with some of his weapons, I could probably stack them a little easier um, later on. And I like his weapons better from a stacking standpoint. And so that's why I just want to try it out with Tua um, because we're all projecting Watson to have a huge bounce back year, but we don't really know. Like I at least saw Tua play well last year. So in a mock like this, I want to just kind of see how it plays out with Tua.
0: Okay. TJ Hawkinson falls up Deshaun Watson the end of the second round. And that's interesting because that's right where ADP has him as well. Guys, TJ Hawkinson is a second round pick. These tight ends are going early now. Uh, I guess we can weigh a little bit more in on that discussion later here. But Eric, I want to get to you with the 301 here. You come back, you go Josh Jacobs. What's the rationale?
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot of what we we were just discussing leading up to this pick, right? The, the emphasis on high volume running backs in this year's iteration of the scoring system is critical. And you look at Josh Jacobs, he's a player that last year alone almost had 400 touches. Like for the last decade, we've been bemoaning how, you know, the, the early 2000s running back getting, you know, 350, 400 plus touches is a thing of the past. And yet here we are, Josh Jacobs, 340 carries 53 receptions, back-to-back years, with more than 50 receptions, and yet again, we're looking at a guy that's going to be presumably playing on a one-year deal as he got that tag, and I think we're probably going to see them run him into the ground yet again. And beyond that, like I'm not particularly bullish on this uh, this Raiders offense, right? I think he's going to yeah. continue to be a focal point for their ability to move the ball. So everything that I, I liked about him last year projects really cleanly into this year. And that makes him an elite option in the scoring format. Well, and the skepticism here is welcome on that
0: Raiders offense, man. We don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo there. Uh, A lot of question marks overall. Uh, We've talked about it a lot here on the podcast recently. A.J. Brown follows up that pick here to the ginger red man at the 111. I'm on the clock here. Uh, I went ahead and paused the draft for a second as we regroup. And this is one of those spots, man, where I feel like I have to send a flyer out at the 3-3. I feel like I have to you know, strap up, boys, get ready for a journey. And I think that journey is Anthony Richardson here. I really think that's where we are. Uh, I think – how many quarterbacks do we have off the board here, Eric? Like about 12 already, would you say?
1: Yeah, about a dozen.
0: Yeah, so the rationale on Anthony Richardson is simple. Looking at this scoring from last season, as Scott pointed out in his data – uh the, the Russian quarterbacks, they do well. Jalen Hurts, QB one, overall player one. Josh Allen, player number two. Lamar Jackson, player number six. Fields, player number seven. All the way down at player number 28. We're right now, we are at pick uh about, I think this is 27. I think we're at pick 27. Player number 28 overall was Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota did not have a great year. Threw for about 2,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, and ran for about 400. I think that is very doable for Anthony Richardson on a points per game basis. Um, I think the ceiling is a top 12 player, and I'm getting it here in the third round. It's risky, uh, but I'm going to load up on that volume stat here with Anthony Richardson. So, uh, yeah, we're doing it, boys. I uh, would love to hear any feedback from you, Zach. What do you think?
2: Bold, uh, but it is a mock, so l- this is the time to test it out. and Let's see how you feel about your team. Yeah. Um, in theory, it makes 100% sense, but it is an insane amount of risk. But, hey, uh, that's what scratch Fishbowl is all about. I mean, only one of us can win it out of, what, it's going to be over 3,000 people. So, go nuts. Have fun.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. There we go. I appreciate that, man. Uh, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, more running backs coming off the start. Oh, I could have started Nick Chubb there in the three slot, Eric. Uh but how, how are we feeling in the middle of the second or middle of the third round? Excuse me. Uh, is there anyone that you're hoping can come back to you uh, or, or anyone that you're hoping just slips through the cracks here?
1: Uh, I'm not going to name names cause I would like for them to make it back to me. Um, but there, there is a, a, a certain range of player that I've been finding myself pretty happy with at the four or five turn. Um, you know, Going back to your Richardson pick, man, I, I don't is know it, if I can get it, behind it. Is it, ball- like, it too ballsy for you? I mean, look, he's he's got top five upside, right? Like we look at the second half of the season with Justin Fields, and you can project a pretty similar path for Anthony Richardson. But you also mentioned the, uh, the, the floor there with Mariota. As someone who had to wait for that second half of the season with Fields last year and had Mariota as my QB2 – yeah. I mean, yeah, player number 28 overall is fine, but almost the vast majority, at least, of the players that are ahead of him in that scoring range are all quarterbacks. So you have a positional disadvantage if you're getting Mariota production out of your QB2, nevertheless QB1. So, I mean, you, you got to swing for the fences, especially when you go with that high T, running back, running mm-hmm. back start. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're, you're, your ass is in the wind if things don't break away. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, sir. Ass ass up in the wind here. Stephon Diggs, Amon Ross St. Brown, Devontae Adams, and G- Kyle Pitts are the next picks. You took Kyle Pitts here, Zach. Talk about that pick a little bit. I was hoping maybe he could fall back to me here in the fourth round. But, I mean, the, the, the sky is the ceiling for this guy.
2: Yeah, I was struggling looking at a bunch of different positions, trying to figure out what I wanted. And my next pick is not that far away. So I was like, you know what? Let's just knock out. Some tight ends real quick. I mean, like I said, the way the scoring is, it it's almost a cheat code. Um, if you get the right tight end. So I felt very safe with Kelsey. Let's go a little riskier with Pitts. And um, I don't have to look at tight end for a while.
0: <laughs> Love it. Love it. Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle next to off the board. Eric, how do you feel about the bully tight end strategy? I've used it in the past to success and my 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 falter both, you know, I I've had good success and and not so good success with it. Um, how do you feel about that strategy here?
1: I mean, I, I know we're only three rounds in, but I mean, thus far, probably like Zach's team the the most, right? I mean, you've, you've got the cheat code and Travis Kelsey just head and shoulders above everyone at his position. And right there at the top of total scoring in this format and Kyle Pitts, right? Like we have to, we have to keep it. We have to keep the, the context in mind with him, right? Like, in terms of the trajectory of a typical young tight end in this league, he is doing fantastically well, right? We just did that thing where we heaped all these expectations on him. Yes. And so everyone drafted him early and they're upset. But the the reality is, like, if if Kelsey and Pitch just hit the median point of their projection, he's probably got two top five scorers right there on, on his team. So, I mean, absolutely swinging for the fences and obviously – you know, the, the floor is much higher with Kelsey. So he's mitigating some of that risk on the pit side It just fantastic pick.
0: All right. He likes it there. We got DD in the chat saying, hello, handsome. Hey, DD, how you doing tonight? We appreciate you making time for us. Uh, we, we got Ramondre Stevenson, Brees Hall, Tony Pollard off the board and then Kirk cousins to old Zach, Zach, you, you didn't want to wait on that QB too. What do you like about cousins?
2: Uh, he's very vanilla. So it's hard to say I like a lot, but, um, he actually wasn't too bad last year. He he has Justin Jefferson, so I love that they added Jordan Addison. They got T.J. Hawkinson. They got rid of Dalvin Cook, so looks like they're gonna be passing more. So I, uh, with not having to worry about those horrible interceptions, he loves to throw in the scoring because there's no negatives. I will take his insane amount of pass attempts and hopefully just get lots of points with that volume.
0: All right. All right. I like it, Zach. We got Jared Goff coming off the board next. And Jared Goff was really good in Scott Fishbowl 13 scoring last season as well. Najee Harris, who I think, who've, our guy who started off very ballsy. He went three straight wide receivers and he goes Najee Harris. I love the Harris pick. This is a guy who, yeah, he didn't have the best season last year, but was still a, a top 60 scorer in this format. And now he actually has a legit offensive line. They get Broderick Jones in the draft. They get a six offensive lineman in Darnell Washington. I think they're going to pound the rock there in Pittsburgh with Najee Harris. And it's a volume play. I think Najee's a steal here in the fourth round. Kenneth Walker follows him up. And then Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers up there in New York goes off the board. And I love that pick for a guy, uh, Fantasy Ladder Steve. Man, I I think Rodgers could have a great season. He's led Scott Fishbowl scoring before. Could he do it again, Eric?
1: Maybe not this year, right? I, I think part of the reason why he's led the scoring before is that there was such a uh, a ding for, uh, for mistakes, the quarterback position, and he's largely had a mistake-free career, at least in terms of his uh, completion percentage and interception rates, right? So that really gave him, a huge leg up on the field and like zach was saying with the cousins pick that's now kind of nullified right so if if you look at him and just in terms of his passing volume his yardage his touchdowns still a very strong option but i i don't think we see him lead uh the quarterback position in in 13
0: okay all right makes sense i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna lock in my next quarterback here at the fourth round, uh, the 410, that is. Geno Smith is where I'm going to go. This guy was a top 14 scorer in this format last season. Eric, did you want some Geno Smith? Uh, Were you worried that – or did you think he was going to fall to
1: you? I was not counting on Geno Smith. I I think he's a fine option, um, but as I will illustrate here, I think there's actually a player at the quarterback position that offers a bit more upside. Oh, and that's Russell Wilson. No! Oh, Everyone's favorite right. bag from last <laughs> season. I mean, look, the 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 reality is like the, the Nathaniel Hackett experiment was a uh, dumpster fire to, to say the least. But after he got out of Dodge, all of a sudden things started to click for Russell Wilson, right? They got him back into shotgun more often over the course of the last three weeks of the season. He was QB two in points per game scoring. So I, I think that we see a little bit more of Dangerous rust than, uh, than the majority of last season would indicate. And if, if he gets near that upside, he is a fantastic QB2 for me. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double back with a player on the move. This was the position that I was hoping to get to here in the 4-5 the turn. Generally speaking, I'm trying to get about the 6th tight end off the board and for me, oh. that tight end is none other than George Kittle. No. Um, I, I think he will continue to be a touchdown hog in this offense, right? That was very much so a step forward we saw him take last year. And I think we see that carry forward into this year. So guy that can easily finish into the top three in terms of tight end scoring. Um, but moreover, from a strategy standpoint, really that that fifth tight end coming off the board is my indication to, to look at tight end with my next pick.
0: I I get the pick. I actually just wrote a little bit of a slam piece on, jo- or on uh, George Kittle in this scoring. And the reason I, I pointed it out is the guy comes in 56 overall in the points per game last season. That's with Debo Samuel missing four games. That's with Christian McCaffrey being on the Panthers for six games. I don't know what the quarterback situation is, Eric. So that's why I'm out on George Kittle at this ADP. I've drafted him the last two years in this format. He can be a little bit boomer bust, but I think I have to uh, pass on him right now.
1: Yeah, boomer bust is a good way to put it, right? And from from lessons learned from last year, I was lacking that boom at the tight end position, right? Yeah. So I I think I can go and secure the floor at tight end through through more of that that volume play, but I I need to get into someone that can at least flirt with Leading a handful of weeks and scoring at the position.
0: Perfect. Thank you. I'm back on the board here in the fifth round. And there's a couple names I just want to talk about quickly Chris Olave, uh, Devonta Smith, and T Higgins. I know, like, I don't have a wide receiver one. So I think people in this range are considering one of these three. I don't want any of them as my wide receiver one. I will wait. T Higgins only averaged about 19 points per game in the scoring last season. If you look at all the wide receivers and the points per game difference between regular PPR play to Scott Fishbowl scoring T Higgins, uh, his scoring goes up the least because he doesn't command that much volume. It's a lot of big plays, big chunk plays because he's playing opposite of chase. So I'm going to miss miss me on Higgins. Alave I don't love it only four touchdowns last season Derek Carr comes in he's had a terrible touchdown record his entire career so miss me on those guys same with Devonta Smith just doesn't get enough volume here so I'm going to go back to the running back position there's two guys I like a lot I like Aaron Jones but I'm going to go with Travis Etienne the guy was electric last season I don't think he's going to get quite the volume Saw so almost 250 carries last season. I don't think that happens quite again, um, but he was still a top 50 scorer in the in this uh, format last season. So I'm going to try to make the rest of the league squirm a little bit here and reach for running backs by drafting Travis Etienne, my third in five picks. I love where this draft is heading. Um, how do you feel about it, Zach? We're coming back through the uh, middle of the fifth round. Are there any teams you like on the board? Any strategies you find interesting?
2: Uh, i just like to point out how unique everyone's team looks, which is kind of the whole point of how Scott yeah. Fishbowl is. I mean, the fact that I haven't taken a wide receiver or running back yet is yeah. different. Um, where we have someone that's taken no tight ends or quarterbacks in the scoring. Um, you have three running backs. So it's definitely interesting. Um, there's some more balanced teams. I really like Rachel's team right now. Um, yeah, I very feel like she got a steal at, at Nick Chubb. I was hoping he'd, he'd keep falling.
0: And Dallas Goddard she got in the fourth round, which Dallas mm-hmm. was a really, really good in this scoring. He was a top 50 player as well. So, yeah, I like that play as well there. Uh, here we're coming back. T Higgins goes off the board. Steve, did you not hear anything I just said about T Higgins, Jim? Yeah. Did you not hear anything I was just saying? I was trying to protect you, man. But we appreciate you nonetheless, Steve. Uh, we, we got Sven in the chat saying he took Russ at 110 last year. Guilty as charged as well. I don't think I was at 10. I might even been at 11. But – same same thing here. Uh, Katie back on the board. Katie has an interesting team here as we look at it, Eric. She has two wide receivers. She has her quarterback and a running back. Um, but it's Ken Walker, which he could be losing some volume this season. Obviously, Katie didn't read my article slamming him as well, but she disregards <laughs> it. She says, I'm going Darren Waller. Uh, tight ends. They're rolling here, Eric. Oh, Pat Fryer move. Oh, just punched me in the <laughs> face, Hoove. He's go uh, yeah, this,
1: uh, Go ahead. This is this is precisely why I'm looking at a tight end once five have gone off the board, right? Like
2: yeah. that
1: sixth one officially starts the run and people are paying up for, you know, fairly pedestrian performance at the position, right? Cuz those those that don't have one yet are going to going to start looking at some pretty ugly names and reaching a bit more. So Thus far, while you disagree with the player that I picked, I was between him and yeah. Wilder. For what it's worth, um, you know, I, I think the the strategy is playing out to to script.
0: Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, and I love that pick of Pat Fryermuth. I bet Hoob's going to target Kenny Pickett later, not to give up his strategy. Uh, but but I, <laughs> I I think he just wrote about this stack article. Um, however, the one thing I want to say about Fryermuth, guys. He was tight end seven in regular PPR scoring. That was with two touchdowns. He has positive TD regression coming this season. Can he pick it? Give him another year in this offense. Hopefully Matt Canada can get his shit together on the play calling as well. But I really like that, that pick there from our guy Hoove. we appreciate it. Uh, Joe Mixon, JK Dobbins, Aaron Jones, the run is coming. What do you like about Dobbins, Zach that, that makes you want to go after the Ravens RB?
2: So, I mean, it, I know they've changed the offensive coordinator, but having Lamar Jackson back there just makes their running back that much more dangerous. They have a great offensive line and Dobbins started to look pretty good towards the end of the year. He started to get his burst back. I think now with a full offseason, healthy, getting back in shape. Um, I think he's kind of being overlooked. Or uh, uh, He's kind of, a, it's hard to say it's a sleeper where he's going, mm-hmm. but he kind of feels like a sleeper mm-hmm. at, at his position. Um, so I just feel like in this scoring format, uh, he could be really dangerous.
0: Love it. Love it, man. All right. We got a couple more wide receivers, Chris Olave, Devonta Smith going off the board and Steven. He's got an interesting team here as well. He got Hawkinson in the second round there, went QB QB and his first three picks. Uh, Beside that he goes with Devonta Smith here. What does he do here? Eric, do you want to take a guess?
1: Oh man, I think he's, probably looking at another wide receiver. I mean, obviously, the stack between Smith and Jalen Hurts was pretty clear. Pretty dirty, Um, yeah, pretty dirty, And I mean, look, coming out of the first four rounds with with Ramondre Stevenson, you're feeling pretty good about uh, a hero RB kind of strategy, right? So I don't think that Steven's going to take the bait on the running back run um, as he comes and gets Keenan Allen uh, because, I mean, you you can feel good about the volume that Stevenson is going to pick up especially now that we have James Robinson out of town in new England. Right. Um, You know, not that he was necessarily a huge threat for touches, but one less mouth to feed is always a good thing for the lead RB.
0: Yes, sir. Absolutely. Drake London, Calvin Ridley, the current wide receiver one for the Falcons and the former go off the board here. I like both those plays a lot. Cam Akers, Oh, you're getting risky now, Zach. You're risking it for. You're talking like a Florida man, getting rowdy down there in Broward County. What what's the play there with Cam Akers?
2: So I know it feels weird with ADP, but we're throwing ADP out the window for for Scott Fishbowl. Um, Dalvin Cook doesn't have a team yet, so that's why it's always hard for me to pick him. I just can't trust Swift after I had him last year as my third round pick, and I felt great value with him at the third round. That didn't work out for me. Um, and I mean, who is competing with Cam Akers for? for touches in that in that backfield so he looked great towards end of the year um it's a terrible team but i mean other than throwing to cup you're probably just (laughs) going to hand it off to acre so again this is purely a volume play hoping that he gets a lot of touches and um that's really all i was aiming for that position there's a lot of there's a lot of wide receivers that all kind of feel the same right now to me so i'm kind of letting that tier kind of go through and I'll, i'll try to get towards the end of that tier
0: we got Scott in the chat saying kind of high on Zach Evans backup. <laughs> just saying <laughs> kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, it's not a lot there. I, I don't know how good, like, I don't think any of us know how good the Rams are going to be. Like, that's the thing. They're terrible last season. They were stellar. The the three or four seasons before that. So the Rams are one of the biggest mysteries. Matthew Stafford goes off the board here to Hoove. he grabs his QB one DJ Moore right before that Matthew Stafford, man, I, can you risk that, Eric? Can you take him? Because, I mean, the guy was a, a you know a pretty solid player the last couple of years, but it's just the back issue. Uh, are you willing to take that as you, your quarterback one here?
1: Yeah, I mean, look if you're if you're into the middle of this round in a format that puts a premium on quarterback position, and he's available, I, I think you feel pretty okay about it, right? I mean, the the back issues are are real, but also you know, these are some of the uh, best and most well-equipped medical teams in all of the world, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, players get injured, players come back from those injuries pretty consistently, um, especially considering when that injury took place. You know, I I think he should be ready to contribute for, you know, the majority of the season and his, I mean, his upside's there, right? Obviously last year wasn't great, but I mean, he's coming off a QB1 performance the the year prior. And I, I think that's pretty representative of his range this year
0: okay all right i'm back on the board here we had debo samuel swift and sanders go before me and now i'm staring this down at the f- what are we at are we six round are we six round here boys we are mm-hmm. all right i'm at the 610 here i don't have a wide receiver yet guys and i was really hoping debo would follow to me i thought debo here in the six is doable um but i'm gonna go with a player we don't know the team yet but I think we know the targets are going to be there. Last year, in just nine games, DeAndre Hopkins, 96 targets for the man. Over 10 targets per game. We're playing in a league right now that favors these wide receivers that are going to get some volume. So I'm going to lock in DeAndre Hopkins at the wide receiver one, and I feel good about getting all the way down here in the sixth round. Um, Eric, Zach, any thoughts on Hopkins? Thumbs up, thumbs down. What are you guys thinking?
1: Man, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling a little nervous, right? Oh, um, your, Eric doesn't like my team, squad. Your your team has a ton of upside. As I get gut punched with the the Judy pick <laughs> on right before me, um, I mean, look if if everybody clicks and hits their upside, you've you've got one of the premier teams in your division and pretty clearly a playoff team, right? But I mean. DeAndre Hopkins is having a hard time finding work and he's going to oh, visit dude. low volume teams like the Titans and like the, the Patriots. Patriots, right? Like
0: Hey, the Bills need a wide receiver apparently. Here's these, what we're These learning. aren't
1: exactly prolific passing offenses. So, I mean, you're you're inheriting a lot of risk, but that's that's the name of the game, right? Like you want to win any large field tournament and you're, you know, you're going to have to swing for the fences. Um, I need to scramble. Thank no, you for the quick yeah, pause. you're good. Pause. <laughs> yeah, I went,
0: went ahead and paused that for you, Eric. And I understand the concerns on Hopkins. My thoughts are maybe he does end up somewhere like the Bills still. We, we've we heard the DeAndre Hopkins news or the Stephon Diggs news that he's not at mandatory minicamp. So maybe there's some issues. Best case scenario for you, Zach, where do you want uh, D-Hop to land and where do you think he ultimately does land?
2: For fantasy, best case scenario is the Kansas City Chiefs um, because he can be their alpha wide receiver uh, playing next to Kelsey and anytime you're playing with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's made he's made how many uh, wide receivers that aren't that good look plenty good. So definitely him. The worst case scenario, which I could see most more realistically, is someone like Tennessee or even the Patriots, because it sounds like he's still trying to get paid, which good for him. I hope he does get paid. But um, those teams that are chasing Super Bowls don't have the cap space anymore for him.
0: Totally, totally. I like it. All right, I love the picks Eric just made. Amari Cooper, super solid. I was hoping he would come back to me. And James Conner. James Conner is a force to be reckoned with. He's going to get so much volume this season, it's not even funny. So I I, I absolutely love the play there, Eric. Evan Ingram follows him off the board. And, boys, will someone talk me out of the Michael Pittman stack with Anthony Richardson right now? Someone hold me back because I either want to go there or Christian Watson. Uh, Eric, do you have do you have a
1: preference? Do you have any guidance here? Ooh, I mean, in the in the binary of that choice, I'm probably going Michael Pittman. Um, prior to it being between Pittman and Watson, I'm I'm just less of a Watson guy. With Aaron Rodgers out of town, uh, all of those you know huge weekend, all of those huge weeks for him were you know deep plays, deep touchdowns. Don't know if Jordan Love is going to be able to replicate that. At least not in his first year starting. The issue with Pittman is that. Anthony Richardson's scoring upside is not correlated with him passing touchdowns, right? It is Certainly. largely to do with his legwork. So, you know, if this offense overall is doing better, you know, that high tide raises all ships and their scoring upside goes up incrementally. But you're you're not you're less likely to get that correlated outcome than you are with more of a traditional pocket passer.
0: Yeah, and I think I think the thing here is I, I see maybe like Can you do worse than four touchdowns? That's what Michael Pittman had last season with a bunch of scrubs under center. So I think if that's the floor, I will take it here as my wide receiver two, getting him in the seventh round. Um, But totally understand, like, my team is ballsy right now. Like, my team really is like, I'm either winning this fucking Scott Fishbowl, folks, or I'm getting damn last. So we will see uh, what happens. Alvin Kamara comes off the board uh right behind Terry McLaurin I love the Alvin Kamara pick guys I think that's a really good one um here in this seventh round this is a guy who let's keep in mind Kamara had what two touchdowns last season he's in for some some touchdown uh positive touchdown regression as well so I like the the Kamara pick there uh from our guy Fantasy ladder Steve Katie you're on the clock it is running down I hope I hope she doesn't make the wrong, wrong pick here. She goes Bryce Young, gets her quarterback, too. I like it. Uh, still a lot of good options, honestly, I, I think, at quarterback here, Zach. We got Derek Carr, Jordan Love, CJ Stroud, Kenny Pickett, a couple of young gunslingers. Um, would you mind having one of these guys your quarterback, too?
2: No, I think the way the scoring is with no neg- no negatives, um, I think it is uh, beneficial, However, I would prefer someone like Richardson, though the value is very different from Bryce Young in the seventh, um, just because <laughs> Richardson does run. Um, but, yeah, no, I think Bryce, Bryce Young is a fine pick at this point in the draft.
0: All right. And Brandon Ayuk Scott just put, put out a hot take last week that he thinks Brandon Iyuk is going to outproduce Debo Samuel. So uh, getting Brandon Ayuk here in the seventh, not bad either. Christian Kirk, Dalvin Cook, the next two off the board. You had to do it, man. Is that because you're a Florida guy and you think Dalvin's coming to Miami, Zach?
2: I mean, I'm hoping with this pick he's going to Miami, but I I just couldn't let him fall anymore. I mean, (laughs) it just – he – compared to everyone else on the board, as long as he ends up in a decent situation, I think his skill set really benefits him in Scott Fishbowl scoring with volume, with receiving. Um, I mean, he would have been a stud if he stayed with Minnesota. I get why they cut him, Mm -hmm. um, but – I don't think anybody thinks he's any less talented than when he before he got cut. I think it's just we don't know who he's playing for at the moment.
0: Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, he still had uh, I think it was eight or nine touchdowns last season for the Vikings. Yeah. This is no scrub of a player whatsoever. And Kyler Murray to Dynasty Griff here in the seventh <laughs> round. I'm no doctor guys, but I don't think Kyler Murray is gonna be back for a while. Are you willing to take the shot on him here if you're left in the position like Griff is scrambling for a quarterback too,
1: Eric? Not specifically in Griff's position, right? Um, in In full disclosure, I was actually considering Kyler Murray as my third quarterback Ooh, if he made okay. his way back around to me here. Um, but to to rely on him as your QB two, like, yes, the upside's there. You know, I, I think we see him play the majority of games this year, right? Maybe not a vast majority. Um, so it's it's gonna leave Griff really trying to, you know, plug some holes for several weeks. And that's that's hard to do, right? I made this point when we were talking about Mariota being the twenty-eighth high scorer, right? Like, yes, that's great when you look at the entire stack ranking of players, but when the majority of those players ahead of him in one through twenty-seven are quarterbacks, you're at a positional disadvantage, right? So Griff is really gonna need to find some ways to mitigate that early season risk that he's taking on with Kyler, but once he's out there, I mean, I think Kyler represents fantastic value for where he's being drafted. It's just if you're relying on him, you're really playing with fire.
0: Playing with fire, absolutely. That's our guy, Dynasty Griff. He goes Derek Carr right after that to make sure he does have someone. Marquise Brown, Christian Watson, Chris Godwin, Jackson Smith, Najigba, and Tyler Lockett off the board. Damn, I was hoping one of those Seahawks wide receivers would come back to me. Zach, you knew Tyler Lockett. Uh, pretty good value here, averaging just under uh, 19 points per game in this Scott Fishbowl scoring.
2: Yeah, actually, I would much prefer Lockett over Jackson Smith and Jigmano. I think Alex was an auto pick on that one. But and just the way the ADP has it in the app right now, he went ahead of Lockett, but I don't see Lockett coming off the field. Um, he's been dominant. He just scores <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, he finds a way. So um, is he a great wide receiver one? Absolutely not. But the way I've uh, built my team, I felt like he was probably the safest uh, wide receiver left on the board.
0: Okay. All right. I like it. Uh, Dalton Schultz comes off the board next. Alexander Madison, who, I mean – you just got to mute this guy's name on Twitter right now. It is absolutely <laughs> crazy, the, the takes being thrown out. Uh, Javante Williams, Mike Evans off the board as well, and then Rachel is here. Back up, and man, there's one player I'm really hoping that Rachel doesn't take that I'm eyeing up. Uh, who do you think I'm eyeing up here, Eric? Who do, you think, who do you think it is? Who do you think I'm snatching up here? She did not take him, by the way.
1: I mean, I, I would, I would tend to think that you're you're probably starting to scope out a tight end, right? Because we're we're getting into the back end of that middle class. Um, I mean, honestly, I I'm bearish on the entire Stillers offense. So, um, you know, maybe I'm more comfortable taking a Firemouth here. Obviously, he went rounds and rounds earlier, but right, uh, this would be kind of the territory where I would be comfortable with him at least.
0: Yeah, yeah. I This is where I've been taking Friar Muth a lot in drafts. Um, however, I'm going to pivot, obviously, with no Friar Muth uh, on the board. I'm going to go with another guy who was player number 77 overall, actually. Very good when healthy last season, and I think he'll be better this season. Uh, full year with Deshaun Watson. Give me David Njoku. That's our guy, Mike Stoyanov's guy. Uh, so I'm going to go Njoku here. I, I did feel a little stretch for a tight end. Eric, you're back up here at the turn. Uh, Very balanced team, I think you have a little bit of everything here. What do you do uh, with two picks at your disposal, Mister Eric Aromoff?
1: Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the the balanced approach. Um, You know, for for me, we've we've talked a lot about volume running backs being at a premium. uh, A guy who's readily available around this point, end of the eighth round, to I think should see a ton of volume in Tampa Bay is Rashad White. Um, he is you know, one of the rare guys that has a true three-down skill set, and there are a ton of vacated carries and targets out of the backfield. So I you know, really like him to take a bit of a step forward as he gets more run this year, and that run carries all the more premium in Scott Fishbowl. And then I'm probably going to take a bit of a risk here, but I'm comfortable with it as my wide receiver three. I'm going to go with the... Wide receiver one for the Tennessee Titans because they're not going to sign DeAndre Hopkins and go with Traylon Burks. Ew, ew. A, he's got uh, asthma. The, he's
0: gross. <laughs> yeah,
1: stand, stand up for all, all the wheezing kids out there, right? <laughs> Traylon Burks getting his conditioning right. I mean, it's it's not going to be a high-volume passing offense, but that is more of a consideration as a counterbalance to the two wide receivers I have, right? Cup and Cooper are going to see piles of targets, if I can get the guy who's going to be the leading pass catcher in their offense in Traylon Burks, that brings a bit of upside for my WR3 spot.
0: Okay. I'm going to also take some WR3 upside. I'm going to go with a rookie out of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Give it up for Quentin Johnson. And I think this is the perfect time in this. What We're in, the I think, the ninth round right now, eighth round. Um, this is a perfect time for Quentin Johnson because he is someone who— if it happens to go the way it's gone the last three years and the Chargers wide receivers are injured, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they have been banged up. Uh, Quentin Johnson could be the wide receiver one or at least the wide receiver two for this team at some point. And we saw Joshua Palmer step up and and, and deliver in spades last season. So I think Quentin Johnson gives my wide receiver three some upside there. Uh, Zach, we haven't really talked about a lot of rookies. How do you feel about uh, th- these rookie wide receivers in this format? Uh, are you a little less bullish on them because of the volume that they, they tend to not grab?
2: I'm definitely less bullish on the rookies for wide receivers in this format. Just exactly what you said. Um, I don't. I think long term, especially if we're talking like Dynasty, they all fell into like really good situations. But short term, a lot of them have to climb that depth chart unless there's an injury ahead of them. And I don't know if you have time to wait for that to happen um, in a – because I mean, for those who haven't played Scott Boy 4, the regular season is only 11 weeks, so it's a lot shorter than your standard leagues where um, every game really does make a difference when it comes to trying to make the playoffs. So um, they're definitely a lot, a lot riskier than in other mm-hmm. normal leagues.
0: Yeah, it's a great point, and you can't trade them. You can't trade them either, so you're kind of stuck with them. You're pot-committed. And I've had really good success with rookie wide receivers in the past. Um, I think I drafted Justin Jefferson his rookie year in Scott Fishbowl in like the ninth or tenth round. And obviously we know how that worked out. But last season I drafted Christian Watson and I was kind of stuck with him all season long, Zach. I think I actually dropped him before he broke out and then I had to scoop, scoop him back up when he did. Um, so we have a couple, a slew of them going off the board. Now, uh, we have Jordan Addison, Jahan Dotson behind Mike Williams, and then David Montgomery. I did, uh, speed up the timer a little bit. Deontay Johnson to you, Zach, you're, you're believing that positive touchdown regression a guy who caught zero zip zacha to touchdowns last season. You think he's bouncing back?
2: I mean, you, the math would say he will, um, <laughs> yeah. but it's also, <laughs> it's also just a volume play. I mean, he still is just peppered with targets. And they haven't really changed that situation other than improving the offensive line. So um, I would like to hopefully see Pickett take a step forward and just continue to pepper Deontay with targets.
0: Okay. All right. We got AJ Dillon. Trey Lance just came off the board. Any, any thoughts here on Trey Lance at all? Uh, Like you're taking him here and hoping what he gets traded. Eric, is that what you would say if you're taking him here in, in the ninth round?
1: I mean, I think realistically, you're taking him here and hopes, hoping that he wins the job, right? Um, you know, I, I think if he's getting traded out of San Francisco, it's likely because someone else wants to, you know, look at him as a developmental piece for their bench. So he's probably not getting a ton of run this year if he does get traded. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, if you're drafting him, you're you're buying into some of the reports that we're seeing out of camp that. You know, he's taking more of the first-team snaps and kind of progressing along, right? Um, for whatever reason, he has the same MVP odds as most starters in the league. Um, you know, yeah. Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Um, yeah, So, you know, Vegas seems to think that he's starting caliber. So, I, you know, I, I don't hate the pick, but to your question, I, I think his highest likelihood of starting games is with San Francisco, and even that is a relatively thin likelihood overall.
0: Okay, all right, I love it. We got Isaiah Pacheco, Kenny Pickett, Antonio Gibson, James Cook, Elijah Moore to Zach, uh, and then we got Samaje P. Ryan, C.J. Stroud off the board to Hoof. He had to uh, didn't end up getting the stack he wanted, but but he uh, still very good uh, consolation prize for him. Zach Charbonnet, George Pickens, two guys I was hoping it would fall back to me in this round. And Michael Thomas, oh, my God, I'm on the board. I am flustered. I've been sniped multiple times this round. Oh, God. Oh, God, boys. I do not like this at all. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, this ain't good. This ain't good, boys. We got <laughs> we got double snipe back-to-back. Back. Um, I'm rolling up full upside. Jameson Williams, baby. I'm not going to have him for ooh. six weeks. But, uh, you know, if, if something happens and he gets back and I- I'm in contention, maybe I'm making a run with J-Mo. Um, I go JMO here. Don Kincaid goes next. Eric, you're back on the board for two limited time. Who who you going with?
1: Uh, so I'm going to start off with Mac Jones. Um, Scott, I love you, but I hate the fact that you are banging the drum for CJ shroud in the chat, because that is absolutely who I was hoping for yeah. to, to fall to me here, uh, at, at the next turn. Um, but ultimately I, I think Mac Jones has the inside track to start all of the games in new England. And, that's hard to come by. So happy to get him here. And then I'll go with a bit more upside at the wide receiver position. I'm going to go with a guy that could be the wide receiver one in Kansas City. Kadarius Tony reports out of camp. Are they think he can make that type of leap? We saw him get integrated into the offense more as the season went on after he got over his uh, hamstring injuries that plagued him in New York. So you know, if if he ends up being the you know the the primary pass catcher in Kansas City. We obviously know that 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 carries a ton of upside, and that's exactly what I'm looking for out of a, a wide receiver. Four.
0: All right, I like the play for the third quarterback. I'm gonna follow suit as well with Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota, guys. He was a uh, you know 28 overall in this scoring. I think Desmond Ritter is probably at this point better than. Uh, better than Marcus Mariota is going to be. So I went with, uh, with Ritter. So I'm thinking hopefully I can get some rushing upside there. Jimmy Garoppolo, Justin Tucker off the board as well as we shift Hughes here. Boys are are, like, I feel like we've entered a tier. I think like with Zach Charbonnet coming off the board, to be honest, I I felt like we went down a tier. Like that was like the last guy, him and Pickens. I was like, Oh, I'm hyped to get those guys. I think now we're kind of taking shots. And I think, You have to kind of take your favorite shot at this point. Would you agree, Zach?
2: Absolutely. You're in that position of go get your guy. Um, Who do you kind of see as some potential? Um, And you're kind of also figuring out based on how the beginning of your draft went, where are you kind of weak at now? Like, are you just going to hammer the strength or are you going to try to balance it out now as we take these uh, more uh, just long dart throws?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone at this point probably has like one one flex they're trying to fill. Mostly one flex or one position. So it's kind of how do you want to build that? Do you want to go with a safe player here, Eric? Do you want to take um, – we got a lot of cool names on the board. We got Juju Smith-Schuster who probably going to be a little bit of a volume hog up there in New England unless D-Hop goes there. Uh, might might see something similar from Jacoby Myers out in Las Vegas. Do you tend to go with someone like this those volume hogs in this range or are you targeting high upside players the objs the gabe davises of the world
1: yeah i think it really comes back to to zach's point right it 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 boils down to the the texture of the team you've put together right um you know a lot of my early picks were guys that you know are projected to see a ton of volume so i feel super comfortable swinging for the fences in these middle to late rounds right on the other side of the fence your team carries a lot of upside. <laughs> it carries a ton of risk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, sir. you know, these later rounds are are where I would go for kind of the, you know, the unsexy picks that should see a, a pretty decent floor. Right. So really depends on, on how it all comes together.
0: And Eric, that's absolutely what I've kind of been doing. Uh, in a lot of these mm-hmm. mock drafts, once we get towards this 12, 13th, 14th round, uh, this is our last round on the mock tonight, but yeah, I, I'm targeting guys like Juju. I'm targeting guys like I, I. I know I might get sniped here if I say it, but Alan Lazard. I love Alan Lazard this season, linking back up with Rogers. So that's like those are the receivers I'm targeting here. Uh, we, we got Greg Dulcich, Cole Komet, Sam Laporta. Love that pick, Jamal Williams off the board, Rashad Penny, Bateman, Young Ho Koo to Chalupa, Batman. You you, you expecting a bat- bounce back from uh, your guy Koo down there, Zach?
2: Well, the offense seems to not have um, Mariota anymore, so that's cool. And they play in a dome, so that's also (laughs) awesome for a kicker. So, And they're in one of the weakest divisions. So that's where I'm targeting my kicker.
0: Okay, we got Katie on the board. Don't fucking take Alan Lazard, Katie. Thank you. Do it. Thank you. We might have some problems if, (laughs) if she took Alan Lazard. She goes Tyler Bass, Michael Mayer, Juju off the board. It's coming right back to me, baby. Alan Lazard, he's falling into my lap here. I love it I'm gonna he like he might be my all- in this year like we haven't done the all-in episode later. I hope you guys join us for that uh, but Alan Lazard might be it because because I love him at this value here final pick of the draft over to you after Daniel Carlson goes what are you doing Eric?
1: I'm probably gonna go a little bit earlier than I would typically draft this player but um, still reeling from the Jerry Judy sniping so I'll go. Cortland sutton and get a little stacky <laughs> with russell wilson to, to round us out typically i've been able to get him about a round and a half later than this but i mean when you get into these middle or late rounds like you know a, a round of adp or so especially when you're on a turn is somewhat trivial
0: yeah 100 percent agree Cortland sutton uh never thought i'd see the day when he's going in the 11th round of scott fishbowl but here we are how the mighty <laughs> have fallen it's just uh, make-believe let's go ahead guys let's round out the show uh we'll talk more we'll dissect this probably in an article that we're going to throw up on the website with this scott fishbowl mock but i really appreciate everyone who tuned in uh was a live stream partner with us making sure we didn't have any auto picks so we greatly appreciate that getting some good data for the people let's go ahead and round this episode out with a little bit of good news All right, we got good news. We are getting locked and loaded here. Zach, we want to bring the good vibes to Scott Fishbowl because that's what it's all about, man. Do you have a good news story of the week for us, my friend?
2: Yeah, so this just came out yesterday. I think it's been out for a little bit, though. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about the four Colombian children that were found alive in the jungle after they were there for five weeks. They're playing crash. Yeah, so it's insane. So um, all three adults died, which obviously is unfortunate. That's not the good news. Um, but these four kids, um, they are from an indigenous community. So that helped them kind of survive the terrain, figure out food and all that. But still five weeks is insane. Here are the ages of the children. 13, 9, 4, and a 12-month-old baby. All four survived. Um, how, so long, how
0: long were they Were the by five, five,
2: five weeks. It took two weeks for the like the military search to even find the wreckage and then from there they kind of followed a trail of of um stuff that the kids left behind um but yeah so that's how remote it was but yeah it's a crazy story
0: and i think the one thing that i I take away from that and thank you for sharing that zach that is a great story i had not heard of that um i think the one takeaway here is like kids are so much smarter than we give them credit for they kept a, a baby alive for five weeks Eric, I, I'm stunned, man. This is incredible. This is right news.
1: I mean, I am a grown-ass adult with a job and resources, and I don't even know how I kept my 12 month, 12 month old alive, right? So <laughs> shout out to these kids. I mean, look, kids, kids are super resilient and fantastic advice for the parents out there, right? Don't uh don't baby them too much, right? Make them make them put mm-hmm. their clothes on, make them grab their own food. Because if they're telling you they can't, just point to this story and be like, look. You can do anything. I believe in you. Go get your own goldfish.
0: (laughs) I I appreciate that, man. Good looks. Eric, what do you have for us? Good news of the week.
1: Uh, Kind of on a similar front, uh, maybe not as um, awe-inspiring as five weeks in the jungle, but uh, I just heard this today, actually. It was reporting out of Rams camp. They had a special visitor uh, visiting Raheem Morris, their defensive coordinator, a three-year-old boy that apparently he saved from drowning in a pool in las vegas over memorial day weekend um so public public service announcement if you are going to be at a pool with your kids keep an eye on them maybe don't bring them to a pool in vegas but that's a story for another day this kid unfortunately fell in he was under the water and actually drowned his uh his heart stopped and raheem morris was part of the group of people that pulled him out of the pool. And because of the training that all NFL staff have gone through recently due to the DeMar Hamlin incident, was actually familiar with applying the AED device that brought this kid back to life, started his heart again. And now a few-
0: Wow. Wow, That is incredible, man. Shout out Raheem Moore. Shout out the NFL and the training staffs and everything they're doing to implement this types of stuff um Zach pulls obviously pulls water in general uh we just heard about Peyton Hillis as well and he kind of went through a similar experience I think mm-hmm. it might have been in the ocean even uh what do you think about this story and what do you think about water in general around small kids because obviously it can be a little frightening
2: yeah yeah Peyton Hillis I was back in early January um but they just had to, the the news he had his I think it's maybe his first interview um yeah. talking about the, the whole thing so that was insane him saving his kids out of the um the rip current um, and then he almost died himself, but he was able to survive, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, so someone with three young kids myself, uh, I put my first two through swim school, uh, survivor classes and all that kind of stuff. We live in Florida. There's lots of bodies of water, but yeah, it nice. is definitely important to always uh, keep, make sure that you always have an adult watching um, a kid at all times, make sure you, you know, who is responsible and uh, there is no miscommunication with that. Cause all it takes is one, one second can, can change everything. So, Definitely very important.
0: Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that insight there. Scott in the chat saying, I just took first aid CPR training yesterday. Everybody should take that training if you can. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We all got to get in there and do that good work. I'm going to round us out with some sports news here. And it's Nikola Jokic, guys, from the Denver Nuggets. He showed us it's okay to be true to ourselves. This guy, after the fact, I don't know if you guys saw the videos. He's spraying the champagne bottles and he doesn't look like he's having that much fun. Like he doesn't look like he's a partier or, you know, that he's really embracing the moment. But at the end of the day, between that and his interview, when they said, Are you excited for the parade? He said, When's the parade? They said, Thursday, he said, Oh, I got to go home. I don't want to do that. Like he's very much 100% him. And I think that's the message here. If you ever happen to get a platform, whatever that is, whether that's the in-between fantasy football podcast, another platform, be true to yourself, be true to yourself. Always. That's what we try to do here on the podcast and at IBT in general. And I think that's what Jokic and so many of these other athletes are showing us in 2023. Uh, we got Jamal Williams down there, in new Orleans, who is absolutely true to himself and all the nerdiness. He loves the Pokemon, the Naruto, uh, all that cool stuff. So, uh, just want to, you know, send it home. Be true to who you are, man. People will love you for who you are. Um, that's all from me tonight. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for being here with us, man. How can we best support you moving forward uh, as the 2023 fantasy football season approaches?
2: Sure. Uh, so I'm wearing the Fantasy and Frames shirt. Go ahead and check them out on um, YouTube. We just hit 500 subscribers uh, a couple days ago. So nice. very exciting. We've been growing a lot this past year. Added a lot of, uh, a lot of great people to the team um i'm also over with triple play fantasy and club fantasy ffl so um really as long as you guys are supporting great content out there that's all that that i ask for um and hopefully you're you're having a lot of home with scott fishbowl whether you get in or not there's so much to do whether you buy a t-shirt just donate money anyway um come to a live draft so i'm hosting the one in orlando it's full you can't um draft with us anymore but you can come hang out it's gonna be a great time and you never know someone might not show up and we're gonna we're gonna call you up from the minors to a to come draft with the, the major league. So you never know. It's all about having fun, charity, all that great stuff.
0: We appreciate it, man. Love the fantasy and frames family. Everything you guys are doing over there. It's great content. So please support Zach. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Chalupa Batman as well. Eric, my man, green screens, media. What do you guys have c- coming up here in the next couple
1: weeks? Man at uh, a at GSM. We are pretending that college basketball never stopped. Um, so the, uh, the tournament wrapped up, I guess about two months ago, but we've been covering the transfer portal. We've been covering recruiting classes. Uh, we've talked to about 10 head coaches throughout Ooh, the league so nice. far this off season Going to keep that path going, basically anything and everything that you might ever want to know about college basketball. It's all there at green screens media. Um, that is our handle on YouTube. We also just crossed over 500 subscribers. So super excited yes. about that. Nice. And the overarching point that zach shared uh if you check me out on twitter at fantasy nav you'll find the various places where i create content for but also you'll find a ton of different creators that i support that i enjoy their work so there are so many people out there working hard to put content out there for you so wherever you can find it hit a little retweet take a look at the article send some feedback or some love back whatever you can there's so much content out there and all of those creators need support
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Scott making a great point here in the chat saying Zach is one of the most supportive dudes out there. Everyone should return that back to him. Yeah, Zach, I I don't know if you have notifications on for us, but every time I tweet something out from IBT, Zach is an instant like. So we appreciate you, man. Eric, we appreciate everything you're doing over at Green Screens Media and when you lend a hand over here at IBT as well. For me, guys, you know what to do. Hit that subscribe button here on IBT Media. We're not at 500 yet. We're not these big shots like these guys who are closing in almost over that 450 mark. So, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It was an absolute blast. We'll be back next Tuesday. Until then, you know what to do. Keep it in between.